The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. Weekend Editions here at Tale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, soon to have Mark Cranach. We have made contact. And Elijah Herbal, he didn't, he didn't leave. He just stayed here last night. Good to have you in. It's a glorious day. Uh, turn around and look outside on Cornhusker. It's cold. It's wet. We need John Facenda narrating some sort of Ken the Snake Stabler two-minute drive. I mean, it's it's fall football chilly outside, but I think the rain will go away, and uh, hopefully you're one of uh, 4,000 today that get to go watch Nebraska with their open spring practice. We'll dive into what we're looking for, and uh, we'll get caught up with uh, a longtime member of Nebraska football, Ron Brown. Coach Brown, part of our uh, our re- rewind this morning, and five decades a part of Nebraska football. Coach Ron Brown, now a senior offensive analyst, so we'll hear from Coach. Next hour, Brandon Vogel will be with us, some football and volleyball. And then the Iron Horse will join us, Gary Sharp. You're welcome in at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Mark Skurs for Mark Cranach at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Cranach, you're bringing the little ones today. Uh, today to where to the practice the open the uh, that that groan this morning was like (laughs) is is it a hair of the dog morning how the hell are you yeah i'm old but but other than that i'm doing well and no i'm not taking them to the practice i i think that's a little bit more for recruiting dorks to attend isn't that right uh, I don't consider myself a recruiting dork, but I'm anxious well, to watch. A lot of times, a lot of times, Chris, you're in denial, and <laughs> For a that lot has of something things. to do with it. You're going to be taking pictures of the next. Uh, oh, what's the kids? Micah Parsons, aren't you? Sure. I mean, mm-hmm. Micah Parsons will go number eleven overall to the Giants, so there are worse things. That's true. That's true. No, I think it's a good thing that they're doing, that, but it's got it conflicts with little league baseball. I or otherwise probably would take them. In okay. all honesty, it's a good thing. And why not open it up more than that? Why is that such a why is that such a unique occurrence when, you know, I mean, you can always count on the spring game mm-hmm. and then you can count on games and that's it. Mm. That's it. You do not get to see this this team in really any other way playing the sport anyways. About eight times a year. You should. Right. Mm-hmm. Like open up practice, open practice up a little more. 
what would be the harm in that? You, you often you often hear like, well, you you know the opponents you want to protect, but really, some play. That, you know, like, you know what the hope is is for Nebraska to get back to being like the the Zach Wiegert Nebraska squads where. This has always been hilarious, and I wish there was audio of it. I wish there was a mic'd-up version of the 1994 Nebraska football team. Now, there's plenty of, of videos that Husker Vision did that got you behind the scenes, but a mic'd-up Zach Wiegert or Brendan Stye or Zadiska or, or pick one of those dudes, but, but Wiegert was the guy that would scream at the, the defensive linemen that Texas Tech had and say, hey, dude, we're going here. Stop it. I mean, he'd tell them to play. He'd, he'd go Larry Bird on uh, on opponents. Kansas State, hey, dude, we're, we're running here. LP's coming downhill. Oh, hey, dude, uh, Schlesinger inside the five. It's happening. You can do nothing about it. Snap counts on two. Ready? Let's go. So, yeah, you're just good enough to to just – they know what you're doing, you know what you're doing, and they have no answer. But there's there's this paranoia that exists now. Oh, I know. Right? Where where coaches are just like, no, 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 because if the film gets out, then the opponents will get it, and the opponents will know – what, that you're going to run an out route sometime? What? Are you, what? What, <laughs> what are you so worried about? Are you reinventing the sport? No, it's not that complicated. No, you're not. On, on third and seven, uh, it was either going to Gronk or Edelman, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, and yeah, and if somebody saw that. Randy practice, Moss, they... fade route, that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. It's, it, so for Nebraska, it's, you know, look, we're going to screw up on first and second down and. Play some yellow ball on third. All right. Sometimes it'll work. Kidding. Sometimes it won't. But that's to, what they're trying to get away from. Right. Right. I, right. I understand that. But, but why not open it up more often? Is what I'm saying. Like why maybe maybe this is the maybe this is the precursor to that. Could be. But why why have it behind such an iron? And it's not just Nebraska. A lot of places do that. But why? You really don't need to look. I understand that you want some practice. control, Mark. That's maybe part of it. Hey, maybe they're keeping their new quarterback run plays under wraps. Don't you think so? Yeah, all the new quarterback run packages. <laughs> hey. I bet you, and I bet you if they got out, nobody would have ever seen those plays before. Like, wow. Wow. You know, Wisconsin's just tucking that away. File save as. Mm-hmm. We're going to stop them now. Hey. In, in fact, wouldn't it be better to open up practice and then just throw a play a hundred different plays? Because clearly. hundred different plays blocked differently. You know, and then you send all the defensive coordinators that got a hold of the the secret film on this wild goose chase, trying to prepare for those things, and then you run something else in the game. Like there's a this can help you. There's clearly time and uh, extra time to practice to be able to okie doke. Yes. Um, so you you go in with the are you covering it as a journalist today, or are you just going to go sit as a fan? What what, what are you doing for it? Uh, I, I don't know that I'll I'll roll in with a backpack, but I'll probably take some notes on my phone. Okay, you Good. know, I'm I'm debating whether it's a a long johns type day or not. I know I said it's going to clear off, but 
Not Long John Silver's because it's always that day. Uh-huh. Right. It uh, is all uh, based on the amount of wings I took down last night. I'm not eating for seven weeks. Um, <laughs> uh, quarterbacks, Cranach, all right, Logan Smothers, Heinrich Harburg. That's that's something I'm interested in seeing today. You know, where's where's Logan at throwing the football? Good reviews this week. Good progress this spring because the kid gets to have a spring, and then you got the the pride of of Cardi Catholic man that he's a uh, it sounds like he's been all right as well. Good arm talent. That's that's the word so far. It's I, I haven't heard a whole lot of specifics about Logan throwing the ball, other than they're trying to quote fix his stroke, which is their parlance for you know your your arm delivery, what it looks like when you're throwing. What's your the ball. accuracy accuracy like? Yeah, fixing his stroke. So. Outside of that, you don't hear a lot about his throwing, but you do hear confirmations that he's very fast. You you have heard Frost mention that he's a a quick thinker, mm-hmm. knows where to take the ball, which is half the battle. So yeah, he'll be interesting to watch. It'll be. I wonder how much Adrian will play and how much ahead he looks compared to everybody else. Mm-hmm. He it's easy to forget when the team went three and five, and you know Adrian's had his his struggles before. Like it's easy to forget. Towards the end of the year, he was playing at a fairly high level, save for some, a couple bad interceptions and a couple bad fumbles, which mm-hmm. I know sounds contradictory to saying that he played really well. <laughs> but I mean, he was you know he was seventy five, eighty percent on most days, with maybe a couple picks, or he's running for eighty to one hundred thirty yards with a couple fumbles, like stuff that he presumably can clean up. How how much far and away better does he look than everybody else? That's, and what about the Harburg kid? What about yeah. Harburg? Where it sounds like, it sounds like you 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 struck gold there in in terms of in terms of like ability. Hmm? You got a dude. <laughs> you got a dude that can throw it. But come on, he's you know adjusting from class. What is it? C two, and he's trying to unseat a four year starter. Like it's okay. Give him a little time. Well, the the thing about it is, is you need to be comfortable. And it's going to be beyond spring, but you need to be comfortable with whoever your number two is. And if you're not, it's time to uh, comb the portal. All right, it, it just it just is because of of injury history and just being able to to navigate a season with an option at quarterback if your main guy isn't available for whatever reason. Is Burrow still in the portal? No, Burrow is waiting on Zach Taylor to get him either a tight end or a left tackle. Got it. Uh, There's your answer there. But you got a different dynamic here with Smothers, who has been around longer, so there's more comfort with offensive understanding. But you got to go execute it versus Harburg and, you know, trying to get his his understanding down because, you know, it's, it's new. But from a from a talent standpoint of ability to execute, you've got that dynamic. One guy knows what to do, another guy's trying to figure out what to do. And from a skill set standpoint, you know, who's who's uh who's got the upside. Uh interested here with Gabe Irvin too, because running backs have been uh well, watching versus doing a lot. And uh, Irvin seems like a guy that is a available B has uh, has some talent, and who else can kind of jump out at that running back spot? That's going to be 
pretty important. And we had a we had a really good week. We had great chats with with Barry Alvarez and, and Gary Barnett and Coach Ron Brown, who you'll hear on the rewind here in about ten minutes. And it, it's Barnett said some things that were pretty interesting. Like you know, after spring, your defense is pretty much going to be what it's going to be. Like you're you're heading into fall with kind of knowing what your strengths are defensively and and where they're at. But offensively, it's it's always continuing to evolve and grow and and improve. So what you see today, again, hard not to knee jerk because you've not seen football forever. And and even after the spring game here May first, there's still a lot of, of room to grow, right? offensively so if it doesn't look as fine-tuned or polished or if it's hard to to get many takeaways that's that's all right it's still something that's growing and developing yeah there's a lot on offense that that will be interesting to watch running back and receiver which are the guys that you talk about the most right Mm -hmm. outside of quarterback like you know those are the guys that get the ball but there's 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 a lot unproven there Mm -hmm. does it, you have bodies. You absolutely have bodies. You have depth. There's no question about that. You finally have that. You also have a range of, of types of players. Whereas, like, since Stanley Morgan left, Nebraska has not had a threat at receiver. They've had good players. Mm-hmm. Decent players, right? Canavai Noah was decent. He was a pretty good player, right? I'm not going to fault him. Not, um, you know, Falk had, had some... Had some good uh, catches last, but I'm talking about like a legitimate threat where you have to roll coverage that way. You know, you have to consider doubling him because you can't let him get loose, which opens up somebody else. Like Nebraska hasn't had that kind of threat since Morgan left. Think about that. They had more than one option, at least for a whole year. So right. like Washington would split out. He would what? There's a case in point when that dude when Washington got split out. And he was right, and his head was right, and he was in the game, and he was, you know, focused and all that. I mean, he was a threat, mm-hmm. and he and he made big plays. It's, but Nebraska hasn't had it consistently since Stanley Morgan, twenty eighteen. Right, they just they just haven't. You know, you, you had Spielman for a time, uh, and then you know things didn't work out as well in year two for him, um, and then he bailed. I don't know. I so like Torre. Manning, have you seen Manning's calves? By the way, am I? I'm not trying to like. <laughs> you're yelling at me for being a recruiting dork, and you're asking Listen. me about a 22 year old's calves. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, <laughs> the dude's got Popeye calves. Have you seen those? Every picture, you're like, dude, where, no Photoshop. And, and what, what I'm not going to do there? today is walk up and say, "Hey, bro, can I take a picture of your calves?" Just look at his calves, everybody. I'm telling you. They're they're superhuman. They're ridiculous. Craynac wants a 10 by 8, and Let's, can you sign him? I mean, I'm just saying. But, I mean, like a physical freak. He really is. He's one of those guys. There's not a lot of those people walking on the planet. No. Nebraska's got one of them, right? Is is he going to be good to go mentally? Mm. And what is he like physically? He, he's so big. He's huge. Uh, he, he's a problem to cover. If, what, you're, if you're a 190 pound corner and you got Manning, I mean, come on. What's your take as, as you kind of sifted through the week with the praise? You've had praise by the wideouts towards the quarterbacks. 
You've had praise towards the wideouts by the defensive backs. And it's one thing that the coaches do it, but you got teammates talking about other teammates. They were asked, and they answered. And it's it's been, dare I say, glowing and pretty optimistic. It, yeah. And look, it's so easy to buy in at this time of the year, right, to start drinking the Kool-Aid and – but you just figure it has to break at some point. I, right? And if it doesn't, it's just like, look, it's this make or break. It's we, we don't like to talk about it. You know, we don't like to admit. And I'm not, I'm not I don't think if they had a terrible year, Frost would get run out of town this year. But like the, the it would start heading in that direction. If now, there's year there's, work there's urgency. There's urgency. And yeah. that urgency is paired with the reality of, of the schedule. But I think there's also some comfort with as many guys that came back defensively. You got something you can lean on. There's urgency with special teams, and you got a one-two punch going with it between Bush and and Dawson, right, where they'll, they'll be better because they've got to be better. And it's being focused on and worked on, so you are practicing it. And then uh, offensively, there's a lot worse things to have than a guy that was freshman All-American level and a Heisman favorite that has experienced some ups and downs that is really kind of hell-bent on on ending this thing the right way, responding to the adversity with your quarterback, if he could stay healthy. And so... Forgive me, and I'm not asking for seconds, but I'm looking at the uh, the old glass of Kool-Aid here because this could be okay. This could absolutely be okay this year, and just just play better. I'm not I'm not I'm not moral victory guy either. I mean, go go beat who you're supposed to beat in the West. Go contend, but I'm not stupid to to realize that. Well, it better be ten and three this year. It would be really cool if it was. Nebraska fans would love it. But I'm not to the point right now where they just show and win. <laughs> they're, 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 they're trying to get back to let's just get good four quarters of football and not fumble three times and not have a holding call and uh, an, an opportune turnover and, and let's get some points in the red zone if you're a Nebraska fan. I think all those things can happen. I think you can have some some tight ball games that guess what you win. It'd be kind of fun. You know, think back to to this uh, this 2012 season, right? And I know it didn't end well with how the second half went against uh, South Carolina bowl game, and then you know Wisconsin did what they did in the uh, Big Ten title game. But I look at at how many like close victories that Nebraska had in 2012. Like, we're talking Sparty, we're talking Northwestern, and uh, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. I mean, there's a just a slew of, well, they, got, they didn't beat Ohio State that year, but my point is, is Nebraska found some magic. Maybe you just need something good to happen, and instead of, like, black magic, you, you get some good magic going. You could figure that the... The, the ball seems to they're a little do aren't to they bounce their way <laughs> they're a little bit do some of it's their yeah. own doing <clears throat> obviously but the other side of it is maybe maybe you get maybe you, you morph into one of those teams that just finds a way to be 
dialed in and and you get those coin flip victories. How many years have we seen Iowa and, and they're traditionally, you know, a 10, 9, 8 win football team and they're usually pretty good. And and when you look at their losses the last two or three years, they're they're a ten and two or nine and three. I mean, you look at their losses, it's it's a it's a five point road loss in Michigan, some weird ass score, right? It's a close loss to Wisconsin. It's whatever they do with Ohio State. Maybe Northwestern stings them. I don't know. But you could walk away going, yeah, woulda, coulda, shoulda, if you're looking at Iowa's schedule, but you you were in it till the end. And then there's a handful of those. Yeah, they, they got Nebraska again for year number six in a row. And, man, it was another three-point game because they made a play at the end with their field goal kicker. So that's just how life's going to be in the Big Ten. And it's going to be some years – you you break more than you make, and in in other years it's going to be one of those magic seasons where hey you were able to get to an eight nine ten win total, and man there there were some memorable uh, last second games you you pulled out of the fire. That's how life's going to be moving forward. And it doesn't take much to to just flip the results in a few of those games, right? You know, t- okay, so take Ohio State off the table, even though again. But build, up, the, but build up to them. Yeah, if you have the hankering for it, that's worth a rewatch. Nebraska played pretty well in that game. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, the score the score got away from them. Uh, but I don't know. They, if you just go back and watch, like Nebraska was competing with them. They, they did not get embarrassed and run off the field like they did the year before, hmm. where they didn't even compete. It just wasn't even a, a matchup. This one was at least a matchup. And some, they had some bad breaks, fumble return for a touchdown, things like that, right? A couple of fumbles um, inside the Ohio State 40 while they're driving in the second half. Yeah. You know, got beat deep a couple times by fields, but that, that's what it's he does. happen, yeah. He had kind of the catch of the year in the back of the end zone. Which Ohio was State money. <laughs> that was Right, and so, I mean, it, but in terms of just play to play, Nebraska was was there. They, they, they belonged, at least. So take that one off the table, and then you got to take Illinois off the table, which was just weird. I want Illinois. No to, I want that game to stay on the table forever, because that is your come to Jesus lesson. You got to show up every week. Reminder. That's the that's your Iowa State ninety two. All right, it, it was for this for it, this for this crew of kids and this staff. Every, that that is your never forget game. So the other Ever. six games, though, the other six games are basically played within 10 points. Mm-hmm. One way or the other. Northwestern, you lose by eight. You led. Penn State, you win by a touchdown. Iowa, you lose by less than a touchdown. You led. Purdue, you win by 10. Minnesota, you lose by a touchdown. You Rutgers, led. you win by a touchdown. So everything, <laughs> most of the games are within a touchdown or so. It's not a big, it's not a huge thing to flip. It's not Nebraska getting boat raced by 30 all the time. It's not that. It's 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 a turnover here or there. Mm-hmm. Either way, one less for you, one one more for them. We might be talking about a team that went 6 and 2, 5 and 3 last year. Could have been. It's it, yeah, it's not you know what I mean? Like they're not that far away. They really aren't. But are they going to have the do they have the moxie? Do they have the wherewithal all that stuff to actually flip it because they're not far. 
but is it is it in the is there something in the water that's going to prevent them from doing that where it's like nope they're just turnover prone and this is just what they are well they're it, close they're talented but they just don't they can't put it all together it starts uh well it started with spring ball but a chance to get out in front of some people today the open practice more thoughts on that coming up and uh, we'll get to the rewind here in just a moment, Ron Brown with us here. It's the weekend edition. Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, Hale Varsity Weekend continues. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We welcome in offensive analyst uh, with Nebraska. We say hi to Ron Brown. Coach, what's new? How are you? Schmitty, how are you, buddy? Spring is in the air, baby. It is, and <laughs> this time of year's got to make you smile with, uh, well, there's actually a spring football this year. Yeah, it, it'll be great. It'll be good. It's, uh, it's some definitions. It's so hard to even put a put a, a, a tent over this last year's circus of uh, the pandemic and the, just the difficulties of, uh, uh, of knowing what you could do, what you couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Hats off to all the people in, um, in the authorities uh, regarding sports and uh, tournaments and games and championships because it, it had to be just a logistical nightmare to, to – you know, to even kick things off the ground. I watched the NCAA basketball schmitty, and I really enjoyed it. I personally really enjoyed it. I've, I've, and I'm really pleased that a lot of, of, you know, that sports has been able to continue on and what took place in college football last year and in midstream as well. But, boy, it was tough. I'd, but my hat's off to the people who put a lot of work into it to see it, uh, to see it through. Now, Coach, you probably had UCLA in your Final Four, didn't you? <laughs> uh, boy, that you know that sounds like a, when I was a kid because uh, when I was a kid that was always the case. I mean, <laughs> no I brainer. Mean, up, <laughs> no brainer. They won. They were they were they were ripping off national championships left and right back then. But I was excited about their team yeah. this year to go from first four to to uh, to where they went. Final four was uh, really special. Oh, they were they were a party to watch. Mm, now, no doubt. Uh, we're gonna switch gears and, and spend a little bit of time. So, what what have you been up to, and and how have you been keeping busy with your with your analyst role? Kind of give us a, a look into to what you're doing if you if you feel good about doing that, and you know, uh, I'm anxious to to hear how you've been spending your days. I love I love football, and you know, the Lord has uh, has uh, you know ever since I was a little boy, Schmitty. Uh, since I can remember, five years old, you know, I, I, I love, I've loved football. I, I would go out and play football in the neighborhood, out on a playground with the guys. I would go play by myself, you know, and toss the ball to myself. I watched every college football game imaginable as a child. My dad and I, we watched the history of college football, basically all the way from the '60s all the way through. I was adopted by him. For some reason, he loved football, and for some reason, God wired me up for football. I get the coach for all these years, and now I serve in a way where where guys that 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 I coached, Scott Frost, Matt Davidson, Ryan Held, um, Greg Austin, all these guys I recruited or coached or what have you, uh, now I get to uh, to serve these guys. So God has been really, really. Um, good to me in that way. It's, it's a very special blessing. So, yeah, I'm loving what I'm doing, bro. 
Ron Brown's with us, uh, senior offensive analyst with us uh, for Nebraska, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, the uh, NCAA has moved forward with the uh, one-time transfer rule. It's been adopted, and uh, it's not a, a ton different than what colleges uh, for basketball and football had gone through with kind of a free year with COVID, but now there is no uh, no penalty for transferring. Every student athlete's allowed a, a free transfer year without losing a year of, of eligibility. What's the reaction to that? I know there's positives, and I know there's some negatives uh, out there um, in in the coaching circles as well as uh, with uh, with some of the parents. You know, Schmidt, I think it makes um, recruiting even more challenging than it's always been. You know, um, uh, and of course, every college football coach has had to recruit. And you're when you're recruiting, you're you're making a long term investment. Everybody is. I mean, the parents, the student athletes, the high school coaches of the, of those student athletes, the college coaches who are recruiting them. Whichever decision you make uh, via signing date to what school you attend, that's a long term investment. Uh, that's always been a long-term investment, and um, and and in a sense, you know, it's like friendship. It's like marriage. It's like, you know, um, you know, a, a selection of a job. We know that they don't always last, but I think you go in with the mindset, Schmitty, that this is my school. This is where it happens, and um, this is what what I'm invested to. Uh, I, I think to to on the side of the kid. The, the fact that he can decide to leave when he wants to, um, it appears to be advantageous for him, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not always a, a good thing for him. Uh, some of the greatest stories, in, not only in sports, but in life, are people who hang in there and, and go through adversity. They're not getting what they want initially, but they see it through. And that's been it's been a, a remarkable trait of our country over the years, but we see less and less and less of that, Schmitty. And I've voiced it to you before. Um, I, I I personally don't really like the easy get out of. I want to go somewhere else because the grass is greener. Are there times when it is a good thing for a student athlete to transfer? Yes, there there is. And, you know, in their defense, coaches kind of hop around and go from here to there to there, and they transfer. And so I can understand why um, these men who come into you, to these student-athletes' homes in front of their parents, and I was one of those men for many, many years, uh, you're sitting in a home and saying, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, your son is my son for the next four or five years and, and, and beyond. And and now that coach decides to leave and go somewhere else because the grass is greener for him. Uh, that's that's a hard thing on the student athlete. So yes, there's some give and take and and advantages and disadvantages, some yay and nays in all of this. But generally speaking, Schmitty, I I, I I I keep looking when a, when a player comes to me and says, Coach Brown. Um, you know, I want to transfer for this reason or that reason, and and it's not about graduation. It's just about well, I'm not happy with my playing time where I'm on the depth chart. I always point him to the statue out on the north end there, and I say, you see that young man, and that statue standing next to Coach Osborne. That guy's name was Brooke Berenger. 
This is the 25th year, Schmitty, since Brooke Berenger has has died mm-hmm. uh, in the plane crash, the tragic plane crash where we lost him. I, I happened to recruit Brooke and, and be a part of the coaching staff that was around him, and we saw what he represented in, a, in the midst of difficult times, and he didn't transfer, and he stayed at it, and the story is uh, is still very powerful 25 years later. So anyhow, uh, that's kind of how I feel about it, Schmitty. I, I don't give a, de- I, you know, maybe it's not a definitive answer that you wanted, but but it is just expressing my feelings about it all. I do in the long haul believe in um, staying, stick, seeing it through, and um, and and as a as a maybe as a last resort, the transfer, and and therefore I I don't necessarily really like the fact that lots of kids thousands and thousands of kids will be on that transfer portal where they're thinking that the grass is greener somewhere else all the time you know the 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 process of of improving and the jump from high school to college is is not easy and there's good ball players everywhere and then there's the academic side and then there's being away from home i mean there's a lot of challenges and, and hurdles, and it's you know it's part of growing up. And I'm interested, you know what what amount of time and energy is now going to have to be devoted by by peers and and college coaches to to re-recruit kids because kids are used to having it now. I was a teenager at one point, and you know I thought I, I needed it now versus having to kind of grind your way up and it always is is really rewarding when you grind your way up and, and achieve and accomplish something mm-hmm. but that's not always the mindset or the thought process when you're a teenager no it isn't and uh, we're making it uh much easier all the time for young men and the ages are getting younger where as soon as the going gets tough that's a good avenue for me to go seek uh something somewhere else and you know, I I I don't I can't say that I've studied all the transfers, mm-hmm. Schmitty, and what's happened to them. But you know, the few that I've tracked, ninety percent of them end up in the same or the worse a worse situation than they were when they before they left in their transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a problem that that young man has. Let's say that there, therein lies a problem that he, that he has and it, it's not going over well with the coaching staff. There's a level of discipline and he decides, well, I don't like the discipline. I'm going to go somewhere else where I'll get treated better. You oftentimes, particularly in those situations, see that young man taking the same problem to the other school. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you you know, even as a – there's two sides of this. One is the, there's the transfer himself. But then there's the coaching staff that's receiving a transfer. What are you getting? Who are you getting? Everybody better do their research. Because if a, if a young man is leaving one place because he's disgruntled about this, that, and the other, um, is he going to be just as disgruntled about this, that, and the other when he comes to this place? Because, quite frankly, things aren't really that much different from one school to the next to be honest with you. There's going to be competition. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be adversity. uh, There's going to be good and bad. And you're going to have to learn how to be a circumstance-free person rather than a circumstance-based person. And what I mean by that, Schmitty, is that there there are young men that I've seen over the years who every... Every time the circumstances change, they're up and down like a yo-yo everywhere. 
But then there's, there's, there's few young men that I've seen who have who are able to withstand any kind of pressure, difficulty, adversity, success, you name it. They seem to go through it with flying colors. Um, and they're not people that don't get affected by things, but they're people that have a, a tremendous amount of discipline and are able to look past and through things and see the other side. And that's what we're trying to get young men to do, um, learn how to... Uh, be circumstance-free to push through hardships and great times mm. to see the end result. Ron Brown's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Senior Offensive Analyst in Nebraska Football. Coach, uh, a thought here on on the spring that's been ongoing. It's been wonderful to have you know in-person access. We're thankful for that. We're thankful for an open practice uh, on Saturday and then you know a spring game coming up here in May. As you've had a chance to, to view it, it sounds like things have gone pretty well uh, this spring here, specifically with the offensive side of the ball. Well, I think that there's a, a lot of growth, you know, Schmidt. We knew we were going to grow. We knew we needed some time to um, build a foundation. And, you know, the thing about building a foundation, Schmidt, on, on, on both sides of the ball uh, is that you often, as and when you're building a tall building, uh, you have to dig down before you dig up. And you have to dig a deep foundation if you want a tall building. Um, and so you don't really, people don't really see what's going on underneath the ground. You know, they just, people want to see something that's emerging and erecting very high. Um, sometimes they want the meat before it's cooked. Mm-hmm. And and so you you've got to allow you've got to allow for building and foundation and we're starting to see that now. We're we're starting to see these young players uh doing things consistently and and the toughness and the mental toughness and the physical toughness and and uh, the the inner drive and the outer drive and all those kinds of things we're starting to see that shaping up in the program and so that's the beauty of spring ball particularly this year's spring ball being able to finally get out there and and have uh, have these kinds of practices and yes we have seen improvement we finish off the season offensively you mentioned the offense you know we finished off by and large pretty well in that Rutgers game and, you know, we've often talked about that last game of your season being kind of the first game of your next season. You know, there's a momentum, particularly when you have young players, when you haven't graduated a whole lot of players. We have a lot of players who play in that Rutgers game who are, who are with us now. And uh, some of those younger players got a chance to play quite a bit in that game and and do a great job. I'm thinking of, for example, Turner Cochran. Mm-hmm. Cochran. Turner was uh, was a big factor in that Rutgers game as a as a freshman. hadn't played a whole lot up until that point. Um, very talented young man, and and you see it continuing on here through spring ball. A lot of momentum. So, and he's just one of many. Coach, it, it feels like a bit of a makeover as well, just from a size standpoint. Uh, big kids on the offensive line, a lot of running backs that uh, Coach Held's obviously analyzing and, and coaching up. And then the, the wide receivers have all been pretty uh, pretty complimentary, complimentary of, of Adrian and the other quarterbacks on top of the fact that there's some bigger body wide receivers. And uh, you coached wideouts for a long time, and you had uh, – 
all uh, shapes and sizes of wideouts from the itty bitty committee to to Johnny to Johnny Mitchell. So uh, it feels like that uh, the the chemistry is pretty high between the quarterbacks and wide receivers right now. Yeah, it is, and I think sometimes we make a, an enormous deal about uh, size and 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 maybe the out, outer dimension, speed, and so forth. Now, they're important. Don't get me wrong. We want fast guys. We want large guys, powerful guys. But uh, the itty bitty committee, for example, I, I remember guys like Corey Dixon and Reggie Ball and Abdul Muhammad, uh, you know, the, the, that group, Brennan Holbein, John Bedford, those guys were were not the biggest receivers, um, but they were they were uh, very quick and very tough and tenacious. And I, and I think that that's really what we're looking at here. Whatever we have uh, in, in terms of a size and talent, it's about maximization. It's about physical toughness, mental toughness. It's about uh, being able to um, play ferociously no matter who you are. It's about backup players coming in and having depth because whether they're walk-ons or players who had not necessarily maybe uh, maybe they weren't highly recruited guys, they weren't three, four, five-star kind of kids, but they come in here and they develop. You know, we used to get uh, – Tons of guys who were two-star kids, you know, walk-on-level type players, and they walked out of this program as four-star kids mm. because of development. So all those kinds of things shaping in a program have to be going. Yes, you have to recruit well, but you have to develop well. And uh, and you have to, you know, to build layers of players so that there's not much of a drop-off between a third-team player and a first-team player. So all, all those kinds of things. I think Schmitty are really happening. And I've been here, this is my fifth decade now in <laughs> Nebraska football, so I've kind of seen thousands of kids come through here, many coaches come through, through here. I've seen all kinds of things, recruits, uh, scholarship kids, five-star kids, walk-on kids. Uh, I've seen the bust, and I've seen the boomers. So it's, it's been fun to, to really get a shape. And, and again, I'm not God, so I don't know for sure what's going to happen in the future, yeah. but, I, but, but, but I've been around long enough, and, and I've, I'm hoping, hope, hopefully uh, being able to really believe what I'm seeing. And what I'm seeing is that there's definitely development, and we're moving in a good direction. Coach uh, Ron Brown with us, uh, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, we'll let you go on this, but just to finish on that development, that takes some time, fair to say. You can get guys that can come in and play uh, as a freshman. Tommy Frazier comes to mind. Grant Wistrom comes to mind. But that's not always the, the norm, correct? I mean, it takes some guys mm-hmm. different times, different levels before they pop. No, it's a- absolutely right. And and uh, just the word itself tells you that. it, it Development is, is a process. And... You know, I think the big thing, Schmitty, is um, it, it's really hard for people to be patient, um, particularly when our fans, for example, have been able to see national championships. They've been able to witness it and so forth. But again, I go back to personal experience because of, of my five decades here. I remember how low we felt after lo- losing seven straight bowl games from 19. 19- 87 all the way through 1993 we lost seven straight bowl games some of those bowl games were ugly they they were they were we were bombed out of out of uh, out of the office out of the stadium i mean it just didn't look good at all and 
1993, it was a close one. 1992 actually was a closer game in, in the Orange Bowl to Florida State. And then 93 was that really close game where we nearly won the national championship in 93. And then the string that we got in terms of national championships and national championship games. It didn't happen overnight. It, it was difficult. There were times when you and I have talked about, you know, where we all wondered whether, where we were going to get fired along the way during those difficult times. So, yeah, there is something about a development that takes a while, and you have to stay with it. Telling other people or convincing other people to be patient sometimes seems like a a, 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 it's a vain thing at times because it feels like people, are ju- they just want to see the results. They don't really care about the process. Not until you raise your own children, Schmitty, do you start to realize that I think I appreciate development. I think I appreciate the process because you see in your own children when you're raising them that it doesn't just happen overnight. And when you're personally involved, like I have been and our coaches uh, for years and years, uh, you begin to see that, yes, it takes a while. But boy, is it rewarding when it does happen. And and when it does kick in, the momentum uh, is pretty amazing and impressive. Ron Brown with us. Coach, we'll see you on Saturday. Thanks for the time today. You bet, Schmitty. Thanks for having me. God bless, man. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to an Hour 2 Weekend Edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbo with us. And getting ready for open practice today. Chance to see Nebraska football up close. And uh, that will be a treat. We welcome in managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine, Brandon Vogel, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Get his book, Dream Like a Champion, with John Cook. Talk some volleyball as well, but before we get into some spring ball thoughts, Vogue's uh, Colin Cowherd just kind of reposted and retweeted uh, the best food in every state as done by Taste Atlas. And each state, I don't know who they asked, but posted their, I guess, signature dish because Vogue's Cranach, Elijah, when I think of California, I think of Californian clam chowder. Not street tacos, not Dodger dogs, not uh, some sort of uh, phenomenal you know, wine and cheese spread, but I think of California clam chowder. This is uh, good, bad, and ugly, all in, in one little posting of the the 50 states vogues what's your take on this cranach i know you're a connoisseur of food as well yeah for you know we we always get these food maps and i think a lot of them are actually designed just to make people angry like what you think skittles is the most popular candy in uh idaho you're crazy um this one actually (laughs) was, was was mostly accurate um 
There are some weird ones. California is just too big of a state to boil it down. I mean, you would think, I don't know, my, I would have assumed maybe some sort of sushi roll okay. uh, would be California's number one. But for the most part, I was like, yeah, this, this adds up. Although I don't know what funeral potatoes are. And this, I assume this is why I haven't spent much time in Utah. Dude, that was exactly what I was about to zero in. You've never had funeral, funeral potatoes. potatoes? It, it's it's we don't call them funeral potatoes, but it's just you know either the uh, kind of the, the shredded potatoes with uh, the cornflakes on top. You mean you have them for Thanksgiving every year? And look, I don't know what the hell's going on in Vermont, but cheddar cheese apple pie. I've never tried that. Is that good? That's their thing. I have no idea. No it's idea. Um, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, people, a lot of, people a lot do of, it. Like, New England diners, yeah, a lot of New England diners will just give you a slice of, like, a hunk of cheddar cheese if you order apple pie. And it, it, it's a nice compliment. And can we talk about the complete cop-out in Wisconsin? They just put cheese. Like, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't even put a nice image of, of cheese. They just used, like, the Wisconsin dairy logo, which was my favorite part. Mm. Yeah, and I, you had some others that just, you know, pepperoni roll in West Virginia. Like, what? That, Isn't that it meth and right. bush light? <laughs> right, exactly. That's what you think. But Florida has key lime pie. Good. Love it. Grits, South Carolina. Yeah. Peach cobbler for Georgia. Uh-huh. Gumbo for Louisiana. Like, this is, and of course, Runza for Nebraska. Yeah, thank God. Uh, one of these food maps finally got a Runza in Nebraska. I feel like this is the first one I've seen. Yeah, I, right. Iowa gets the, the finally gets its due. Iowa gets the grilled corn on the cob. Um, Kansas gets the Kansas City style ribs. Works. I the chicken fried steak in Wyoming seems pretty fitting, but I would kind of go hot beef sandwich, or maybe like elk or something. Right, yeah. something good like that. What oh, in chili. God's name is the North Dakota dish, Vogel? No, I have no idea. I assume it's some sort of some sort of fish dish that similar to uh, Minnesota's hot dish over just over I, ha- the I have some expertise uh, on this. Okay, what? Is- so Lefsa, it, my family makes it all the time. It's a Scandinavian dish. Okay. Um, imagine mm. it's a, a tortilla, but instead of being made from corn or flour, it's made from potatoes. Okay. So then it, it, it comes in like this like flat little tortilla thing, and then how my family does, I'm not sure if this is tradition everywhere, but you just put uh, butter and sugar on it and warm it up in like the microwave or like on the stove or in the oven or something, and then you have this nice buttery, sugary, like little potato tortilla you roll up. Hmm. That sounds really pretty awesome right now. Uh, yeah, lobster roll for Maine, pretty good. Crab cakes for Maryland, because they do football and crab cakes. A pork roll for Jersey. Shouldn't it be a half-lit, like, Marlboro? See, that could work, yeah. But hot chicken in Vogue's in Tennessee. Hot chicken, is that the national dish in Tennessee? It is in Nashville, for sure. Um and it, it has certainly exploded to become that. So I'm not surprised to to see it there. But it's not like, you know, I, I leave the house once every three months and I, I have to pass by six different hot chicken places here. Um, you know, so. But you know, when KFC and everybody else is like, oh, Nashville hot chicken sandwich, when everybody's got their version of it, it's just kind of like, yep, that's you now. You're your hot chicken place. Mm. I would think edible slash gummy for Colorado instead of Rocky Mountain oysters. <laughs> yeah, that's that probably not, That is not listed there. That's right. surprising. We'll get into football, but I just had to like 
pump the brakes on football for two seconds on this. Yeah, I just retweeted this on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter account. The food dish. So, I Cranak, you're a food guy. Vogues, you're a food guy. I I eat lots of food, so I just I thought we we'd go here to start out. Spring ball, uh, Vogues. It's going to be fun, man. Uh, open practice. Get a chance to see Nebraska. Uh, how uh, how much are you weighing this this second? quarterback spot race where, where are you at with that here as we we go into another week um it, it's interesting for for a spring storyline i mean i think so far based on uh coaching staff reports uh i think henrik harburg has has come in at a higher level than most people would have expected him to uh, certainly myself i mean i kind of entered the spring looking at this as well, you've got a pretty clear progression now. It's with obviously Adrian's show to run, uh, Logan Smothers, a lot of the, the talk around him in, through a unique fall, of course, was, was pretty promising. So he'll be your number two, and you got a true freshman behind him. He's his first semester on campus, and that, that experience would be valuable. Bogues? Brandon, uh, I don't know if he's... We, we got it. We got him back. Uh you you left us at unique. Um, okay, um, <laughs> I guess the point I was the point I was getting to was I I do think this is closer than I anticipated that it would be. Um, I still would be surprised, you know, when you factor in the ability for a redshirt year in, in the fall if, if Smothers doesn't end up being that second QB. But there are other people, um, some some people on our staff that that think. Harbert's going to to take that spot. So I think for something like today, um, getting a look at those two guys will, will be pretty valuable for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think part of that is just based on, you know, Harbert kind of has that Justin Herbert, like that that's his comp physically. Right? Of course, it doesn't mean he's going to be a draft pick. That's not what I'm saying. Let's just go Josh Allen. Right, but I mean, no, really, like rangy, <laughs> uh, very big, huge arm span, you know, huge wingspan, very fast. Like uh, he's he's a he's a large, rangy athlete at quarterback, and there's not a lot of those. There's <laughs> just there's just not a ton of those guys walking around. So, I think by that alone, that's probably been the most surprising thing. Because Brandon, I'm sure you've noticed whenever the players or coaches haven't asked about it, they're they're almost dismissive when talking about his arm strength. They're almost just like. Pfft. That, that yeah, the dude's got an arm. Yeah, he, by all accounts, has been very impressive on that front. Um, but also, I think like, he just might be a really good athlete, not just kind of like a, a rangy athletic quarterback type. Like, where has he almost landed on the podium when they did their performance testing as, as a true freshman in his first couple of months on campus? So, that's what Nebraska might be working with there. Um, it, it seems like they certainly uncovered a gem. Um, and, and we'll see. Like I said, it's, it's been – I kind of thought this was all uh, gift-wrapped and ready to go in terms of Nebraska's kind of QB pecking order. And it, it might not be. It's important. I wanted to start with quarterbacks because of, you know, by all accounts, Adrian's kind of upped his game and level, which is cool. And then what's your, your, your backup situation look like? Because Nebraska's dealt with major snaps by a backup or they went to the bullpen in the last two years. And now with the portal being the portal, 
you know, there's that question also out there, Vogues, that looms with do you go get a, a transfer quarterback if you aren't comfortable with your your uh your your backups to Adrian? Yeah, it's just a, a tough spot, I think, for Nebraska with just how it how it breaks out because like Um, each of the all all of his seasons, he's he's, he's missed some some starts. Mm-hmm. So you've got that part of it. Um, but what kind of transfer quarterback are you going to get that you're like? I mean, because effectively you dress it up however you have to, but they're your insurance policy. They're like, if our starter goes down, we don't want to have to put a true or a redshirt freshman in there. Welcome to the program. Um, so there's there's that part of it, and then what does that do to to a Logan Smothers, to a, a Harburg? Um, just saying, like, hey, we don't think you're ready yet. So you have to navigate all those things uh, in a vacuum. Yeah, it would be it would be great to have a guy who's played some football uh, in case you need them, but I just don't see Nebraska going that route. Yeah, and I. I also think it's going to be a difficult sell to whoever ends up in the portal. And you can get quality quarterbacks on the portal. I mean, Fields was one. Uh, Jalen Hurts, like, you go on and on. Like, a lot of good transfer quarterbacks have gone on to do good things. But you usually want to do that with some idea that you'll you'll come in and be the starter. I, I think there will be quality options available. But they're going to look yeah. at Adrian and just be like, no. Uh, so I, I agree with you, Brad. I, I don't think it's – I don't think Nebraska is going to tap in there unless they get sort of like the – the, the perfect situation. Yeah, it's uh, it, there. There are plenty of quarterbacks out there, and like you said, it's kind of becoming the thing now. Um, it's just the the timing's wrong for Nebraska, I think, and that's that's a little bit of potentially a tough break for the Huskers if if they do deal with some injuries. But you know, it, it, it's just kind of the lay of the land as far as I see it here going into uh, the summer months. Brandon, the, the, oh, go for it, Mark. No, you go ahead, man. You go ahead. Uh, I was just I was going to shift gears a little bit and go running backs because quarterback's best friend is, is a good running game. And I just want to ask Brandon if, if he's buying the stock on Gabe Irvin. Um, perhaps not as much as some others. I mean, uh, everything we've heard has been, been great. And I know Greg Smith, was our, our recruiting analyst, was really high on him coming out of high school. Um, you, you are kind of waiting for, for one of these guys to pop because I've seen things to like in, in really all of the running backs that they, this coaching staff has signed. And, and we haven't seen sort of anyone separate themselves from, from the pack. And it's, it's still early um, in, in most of those guys' careers. So, you know, everything so far seems to be, seems to be encouraging. Um, Nebraska's running back room is so kind of wide open at this point that you know it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Gabe Irvin is a true freshman and is one of their top two or three backs, just because I have a hard time identifying who that is. Um, but I do. I, I wonder, and I wonder this every spring. It's just a matter of which guy and what Dang. spring storyline, and then we, we get to the fall, and you're like. What happened? Um, so, I'm probably overly cautious with that. Brandon Vogel with us on uh, Hale Varsity Radio. Let's uh, let's shift over to volleyball because Nebraska is now in the Sweet 16 up in Omaha. Um, 
looked dominant uh, against Texas State in their in their first match there. Um, takes on Baylor today, and just for frame of reference, Texas State split with Baylor this year, right? So I, I wouldn't say that uh, you should overlook that. Do you know matchup wise, Brandon? Does Baylor present any specific issues that that Nebraska should be concerned about, or would you consider put it this way? Let's put this in a football point spread terms. <laughs> is is Nebraska a three point favorite here, or like nine? Uh, probably between those two, I would say a five or six point favorite is what I would make it in in football terms. Um, yeah. Baylor's Baylor's good. They're big and they're athletic. I, I think they, they were top ten in blocks per set. They had two players in the top thirty in, in terms of blocks. And, and the the player you you gotta watch out for is, is Yosana Presley. She was the twenty nineteen player of the year uh, in, in college volleyball. Her numbers are a little bit down from from what they were that season. And, and Baylor's you know had some. They're, they're an interesting team. You know, they got out to a fast start and got a bunch of wins, had that loss to Texas State late in the season, got pushed twice to, to five sets by Pepperdine. In fact, I actually thought Pepperdine was going to get them the second time in the, uh, the NCAA tournament and, and almost did. So I think Nebraska has an edge. Um, but, you know, you're at the point in the tournament where these are talented teams. These are all basically – top 10 or top 15 teams um, that are left minus Western Kentucky, which was kind of the one uh, wasn't that big of an upset, but the one upset um, from those, those early stages of a, a national seed. So I, I like Nebraska's chances. And I really liked what I saw from them against Texas state. You know, we are all concerned about the layoff and Texas state is a team that can, that can hurt you if, if you don't play well And Nebraska, Nebraska played well. Vogues, uh... You know, reading John or listening to John Cook a little bit, he was happy with the win, but he was never satisfied. You know, what did you take away from from Coach Cook's demeanor? Is he is he at the point knowing him like you know him, where he's like, man, we we need to be so much better at this point, or is he? You know what's what's up with his frustrations, and you always got to be critical as a coach. I get it because I mean Baylor can beat you. You got to you got to be ready and be better on Sunday. But I'm interested here. Your takeaway with him is is a coach just being coach, or are there concerns? Are there storm clouds? I think, and this has kind of been an undercurrent through throughout the season. Um, something that he he's brought up on a, on a number of occasions is he'll often just kind of slip it in there. And I think it goes under the radar. He's like, well, you know, if we start playing like we look in practice, we can be pretty good. And I, I don't know that the Texas state match was, was quite to that level. Um, so you're still waiting for that part of it. And I think, I think some of that too is just, well, you, you alluded to it. Should we be, are we where we need to be right now? And I think with this season uh, being in the spring also, but also the stops and the starts, the, the cancellations Nebraska had, the long layoff it had. You know, Coach Cook has done this for a very long time at a very high level. And well, he talked about it in his pre-match press conference about all the things they're trying to do. Be like, how can we peak at the right time? You know, it's like it's like the, the you know the friend we all have. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm not that friend for you guys, but uh, that's really into like 
measuring their performance and their workouts and they're like if i if i drink a gallon of water now i'll be better when i work out tomorrow at 5 a.m um that's the kind of the level that they're at like this is always a, a bit of a puzzle for for them of how do we get our team ready able to play the best it possibly can and with a different schedule i think there's a little bit of frustration with just having to reconfigure that on the fly Cranach's the type of guy that i mean when we talk about measuring performance I mean, I love him, and he's going to crush Tito's on a Thursday so he can be ready to tailgate on a Saturday. Let's <laughs> see. Yeah, you got it. it's your warm-up fuel. Uh-huh. Uh, it's important. Uh, look, to, to your point, though, Brandon, I, I, I see a team, at least against Texas State, you know, I, if, you, if you look at Cubic, uh, if you look at um, Caffey, sort of players that hadn't yet really firmly established themselves at the beginning of the year, um, like firmly, they've just been getting better and better. Of course, Hames is getting better. Somehow, Stibrens is getting better. Lexi Sun seems more comfortable. It, they just look like, a, you know, if, if the goal is how do we get these folks playing better come tournament time, it looks pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it looks like they've done that. Let, let's look ahead. If Nebraska wins this, they have Penn State or Texas uh, who plays tomorrow. But I think an interesting thing to watch you, on, on the other side of the bracket, so Nebraska does that, then if they get into the, if they kind of keep rolling, uh, they could end up facing Wisconsin in the Final Four. But Wisconsin has to play BYU, and it's a one versus sixteen. I get it, but it's kind of weird. They had to shift it because of BYU's religious beliefs. It was supposed to be tomorrow. They moved it to Saturday, and BYU comes out of a pretty obscure conference. Has played Pac-12 teams really well. That's that's a tough one sixteen matchup for Wisconsin. It is, and when they when they release the bracket, um, you know Wisconsin's kind of ahead above. I think everybody in the tournament, at least based on on what we know from them, you know, not playing a full season, but their, their numbers look it. And that was one that jumped out to me because BYU is a team that's lost once. Um, I'm forgetting who who beat them. UCLA but, got them. Uh, so, so did like GCU at one point, but um, I think it was sort of like a exhibition type thing. Yep, um, but you're right. They they play Pac-12 competition all the time. You know, it's it's a program that has a history of, of volleyball success. So I I do think that is a little bit of a, a tricky matchup for for Wisconsin. I would expect the Badgers to to come through that, but I I'll also be surprised if they don't get tested a little bit. And then you know, assuming they get through that, they're, they're looking at either Ohio State or Florida. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Ohio State there. They're playing at a really high level, but yeah, Nebraska, Wisconsin in the Final Four would be. Uh, I think everyone would sign up for that. Finally, get to see those two teams uh, play, and obviously you have last year's uh, last year's history where the Badgers took took all of the matches against Nebraska and, and knocked them out of the tournament. Based on you know Wisconsin, Nebraska in 2021 and 2020. Uh, we may just still be dreaming about a Nebraska-Wisconsin matchup because Wisconsin's been COVID-prone. There I said it. Sorry. Yeah, true. Uh, uh, yet to play them. Vogues, what else you got coming up this weekend before we say goodbye? Yeah, working on uh, – so we'll have Derek Peterson and, and Greg Smith will be at uh, today's practice uh, for us. So we'll have some stuff coming up from that. We'll have volleyball, um, hopefully for another full week, Um 
but but we'll see. Jacob always does a great job with that. And then uh, our April issue goes to goes to press next Wednesday morning. So uh, putting the finishing touches on on that. So excited for people to get to see that. All right. Does, hey, can you do a? It might be too late, but a, a double truck on Omar Manning's calves. That Cranach once well, once signed pictures of his calves today. I, I'm glad I'm glad you said it now because we don't have that image on file. Um, <laughs> but I can ask I can ask John Peterson, our our great staff photographer, to uh, to go looking for that today. Here's the thing, dude. Just take a panoramic of the stadium. As long as Manning's in it, his calves will pop out. Mm. I'm just saying. <laughs> Just look for him. You guys, you guys laugh. Is that going to replace the Wonder Mons picture in your bathroom? <laughs> it could. It could. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, that'd be actually a really good little sequence there. <laughs> Wonder Mons, Fro, and then Manning's uh-huh. Caps. Yes, yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, Vogue, you be good. We're sorry today. Uh, <laughs> he looks like he bought the strength shoe. Right. Remember that thing uh-huh. from East Bay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that always helped. <laughs> Vogue, you take care. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna lose his phone. Is what he's gonna do. Yeah, we spent a combined twenty minutes this morning talking about food and Omar Manning's calves. It's okay. <laughs> well, they are meaty. Bang. All right, it's time to to check in with the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, with us. Hail Varsity Ra- uh, Radio Weekend Edition continues. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. Gonna bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're gonna bring us two more. And then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Wanted down a weekend edition. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Uh, find us on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and we welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, with us. Sharpie, how's it going? Good to spend time with you. What's new? Good morning, boys. Do you think there are people tailgating ahead of a practice? You can't go to games, but you can go to a practice. You know, I look outside now. It is cold. It is damp. I'm going to say yes. Somebody somewhere has a red beer or a Bloody Mary, and there's a Fairberry brand or even maybe some eggs on uh, on a on a stovetop or a grill somewhere down by 10th and Vine. I will say yes. Well, I, I mean, I, you know, I think people will be excited, you know, this Saturday and in two weeks to get back in the stadium, see some live football. Um, you know, this is a unique thing that Nebraska is doing, but I like it. Hopefully it becomes an annual thing. Uh, I know it's a lot about recruiting, uh, but it's also, you know, these guys are going to play before the most people they've played before since 2019, which is pretty cool. So who knows what you'll see today, but I like the idea, and I think it's been, been embraced uh, really well. Well, and Nebraska will pull it off, and, and I'm excited for the, uh, the fans. Gary, what do you think happens today? How many, think, how many folks do you think show up today? Well, I think there's. I think you'll get between you know three and four thousand. Um, you know, I know it's. You know, they wanted four thousand. I don't think they got four thousand. Um, but I, I think there'll be a good smattering of people there. I, I hope people keep what they're watching in context. That it is a practice, and they're not going to show you much. This is a good day to like for all of us, media included. You know, to check out what guys look like. What's the difference about Adrian Martinez besides his size? 
you know, some of the new guys, the wide receivers, uh, Gabe Irvin, some of the guys on defense that have to build depth. I think there's certain things to take out, but they're not going to put on a full display of, you know, showing you, you know, showing you behind the curtain. But I think they'll do enough that you get a, you get a feel of why this staff has and players have some optimism this spring. Gary Sharp with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Look, what about that the sort of iron curtain that exists in most programs where they don't let you watch any prep? Like, really, what's the harm? I mean, honestly, is, is it that Wisconsin's going to discover that, ooh, they throw an out route? Whoa, they do a post pattern. Like, what? What, what are you really hiding there? It, it, do you think it's overblown, and do you think they should open up access, considering there's been so little, even more so than they already are? Well, I mean, there's, you know, coaches by nature are, um, you know, they're very secretive. Uh, they're always very leery of who's looking and who's recording and who's taking notes. Um, and some just don't want, you know, things that they do in practice are not normal. You know, that, that kind of stays behind closed doors, whether how they run a practice, how they talk to their team, those kind of things. You know, it, there are some coaches we've seen, uh, I know more in basketball, but they've always had an open practice. Anybody that wants to come can come and watch. I think football is a little bit different because, you know, it's all the, the feel of a cloak and dagger. Um, but I, I, one thing, you know, more practices used to be open around here, and then people started reporting things, and you went, uh-oh, and so things got closed down a little bit. I think if coaches are confident in their team and what they're doing and that it won't bother practice having people in the stands, you may see – you know, those programs open their practice a little bit more. But I guess I don't have a problem with it because the most important thing is getting work done. I think some coaches also, to finish this thought, some coaches feel that when you have open practices and you have a lot of people there, you have media there, that you can't get your work done, that people are thinking about the people that are there watching them during practice when they're trying to run all these different drills and do things that are kind of unorthodox that you wouldn't do on a Saturday. Gary Sharps with us on Hale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition. Sharpie, I want to go to the running backs, and there's been a lot said about Gabe Irvin. It'll be fun to see uh, what he does today, uh, again, and to your point, uh, within context. That said, are you expecting – well, who are you? Who else are you expecting to, to see carry the ball here, uh, not only today but moving forward? Do you feel okay that by the end of spring there'll be some okay options to carry the football? That's a good question. I mean, we don't know. I, I think there's, there's two things. You know, you think about the angst with Brendan Hymas opting out of his last game. Actually, it's going to pay off for Nebraska because Turner Corcoran got to start his career earlier than expected as a starter. Uh, then you look at Marquis Stepp with an injury. That opens the door for more people to get opportunities, and it's a position where you don't know who's healthy and from day to day who's going to be able to suit up, except for this guy from Georgia who showed up with a lot of accolades and has grabbed it and run. And from people that have watched him every day since he's been on campus, it just isn't, hey, he's the only healthy running back from day to day. He's the real deal. I mean, he might – you can't, you can't win a job fully in the spring, but he's a guy that's on the radar, and I think you might as well pencil him in for some carries on August 28th. He's really, really good. Now the problem is – who are his running mates? Who's going to be healthy? You know, who's going to be healthy today? Are we going to see Scott? Are we going to see Tompkins? Are we going to see uh, Ramir Johnson? Are we going to see Savion Morrison? Because the thing to consider in two more weeks when spring ball is over, you might have a little attrition out of that room. I can't imagine that amount of running backs are going to stay at Nebraska 
just from the standpoint of, you know, I mean, they're not having four or five running backs on the field, so someone's probably going to go. But, boy, how do you make that determination because you don't know who's going day to day? Yeah, if not two guys. There's no question. You just have to, it's too much of a log jam back there. What do you think is a good – I've been trying to come up with a good comp for Gabe Irvin just based on the high school film that I watched. And walk with me here. Uh, I couldn't think of a specific one player. I would say you, you take Terrell Davis and you combine him with Tiki Barber. Just in terms of comp, I think that's maybe the best way to describe Irvin. Like, he's, he's a forward momentum guy. He's qu- quick yet subtle movements, good pad level, good stride. Uh, he's, I mean, he looks like he, he runs sort of like a typical professional yep. running back, if that makes any sense. Yep. You know what? I will give you another name. And I, and I, I agree with what you're saying. What about Brandon Jackson? That's the name I thought of. Uh, I, I like it, but I, Brandon had special feet, though, man. Those things were, come on now. But Brandon was like, oh, man. He was like, he was an NFL draft pick. Um, but I think what you're going to see, if you like watch him a little bit, the way his running style, that's what I thought of right away. Um, you know, he's got a ways to go to be an NFL guy. But I think in terms of a style, that was the comp that popped in my head. Gary, everyone's talking about, about Gabe Irvin, but, but the name of, you know, two, three weeks ago was Marquis Step. We now know that he's out for the spring. How much do you think that's going to hurt? I mean, I, I think a lot of Husker fans, me included, were, were expecting Marquis Step to be the starting running back come, uh, what's the date we start on, August 28th. 28th. Everyone expecting Marquis Stepp to be running back number one. Do you think that's still going to be the case now that he's missed a, a full spring? I don't know. Guys, I think that that's an injury that you have to pay close attention to. Anytime a running back has a foot injury or a history of foot injuries, whether it's a light injury or a severe injury, I think you have to pay close attention. And, you know, when he's healthy, he's pretty dynamic and explosive. But, man, there's too many cases of him at USC where he wasn't healthy. And that's actually... You know, you're, you were counting on him to grab the RB1 spot. Irvin steps in, and you're like, okay. Um, I think Step will be back at some time during the summer. But we've got to keep a close eye on that injury. And it, it's unfortunate that he's not able to go through spring to get a, a feel for this system and so that the lineman can get a feel about what kind of a running back uh, he is. But keep a close eye on it. And Nebraska needs him. Now, you know, and the other part of this is, you've got a need for him a little bit more because you don't have to worry about waiting to see if he's going to be eligible because of the one-time transfer. He's good to go right now. Sharpie, I want to go there with you uh, to the one-time transfer. And college football coaches have had to adapt and deal with, uh, with the COVID year where there was a free pass. Now it's, it's in ink and dry. College basketball has dealt with this uh, for a little while longer, a little bit better, just due to the the one and done, and you had more transfers, smaller roster. You know, how do you anticipate Nebraska thriving with this? How do they be better at it than either Big Ten peers or other regional options? Can they can they turn this into a positive? Well, I think you have to have a strategy to win the portal, and you have to separate basketball in the portal is entirely different from football because think about football and and I'm 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 okay with the one-time transfer I'm I'm okay with the freedom but it's a two-way street you 
you have to be able to say, I want my freedom, but I might get hurt. There's not a home for all of these players that are in the portal, and there could be more processing going on with coaches with their roster if you're not you know, living up to expectations. You look at the portal in college football. It's really quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers that are in the portal that, so to speak, fall up. There aren't many guys that have left Nebraska that have fallen up. So you leave Nebraska and you go to a program that's above Nebraska. The, the, the first couple of years of activity with football in the portal, it just seems like it's quarterbacks that benefit the most. Um, where, you know, a Jack Cohen can leave Wisconsin and he goes to Notre Dame and he might actually play this year. You know, things like that are guys better their opportunities. Even a Patrick O'Brien goes from starting at Colorado State to Washington. He, he might go to the NFL now because he's at a place that, you know, has got a history of NFL quarterbacks. Um, I think from Nebraska's standpoint, you might see him do this. You know, you, you, you can't burn any bridges of recruiting if you lose a guy. You've got to stay in contact, you know, keep that relationship open because you never know. But I wonder if moving forward, Nebraska and other schools will not get to 85 scholarships, and they'll keep a couple of scholarships open just in case. You know, somebody that you've recruited in the past that fits a, a position of need pops open like a wide receiver at the last moment, and you've got a spot for him. I could see that, but I don't think it's going to be a huge game changer in college football. I think it's more on the college basketball side. But there will be those cases, and Nebraska will see that when they play against Oklahoma, and they got Gray from Tennessee is in their backfield. You know, you get those kind of cases. But I think for the most part, you try and win the portal, and you, you don't try and have anybody go into the portal where you go, oh, my, that was a surprise. You could say this year, depending on what happens with Step. And depending on where Torre is going and what Kentucky does with Wandale, Nebraska might be a wash in the portal. And you remember, you lost a couple of, of names that were significant in your offense the last year. Gary, do you think that the lack of culture talk, there's been some, do you think the lack of it means that the culture is finally right? Well, I hate that word. I mean, I think if we're in year four and we're still talking about that, there are some major issues, um, but I, I know what you're saying, Mark. I, I think that's it's either guys are cognizant of people don't want to hear about that, or it's been established and you don't have to bring it up. I, I think even when Deontay Williams uh, last week was talking about uh, turning down a bull bid and he talked about getting the culture right, I don't think that's what he meant. I think they're in a better spot now, um, but we won't know until you get squeezed when the season starts and, and what happens and who's with you and who's not. But I'm glad that that has not been a topic. It's been more football stuff here in the spring. Gary Sharp's with us, weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio. Sharpie, your, uh, your takeaway with just kind of how the, the, uh, some of the, the, the peers have been responding to questions about some of their teammates, and, uh, and I'm – Talking about DBs and their thoughts on, on the receiving core, what, what do you take away from that? And also, just kind of your read on the backup quarterback race. Well, let's first start with teammates talking about teammates. I think any time, spring or fall, that a, that a player brings up a teammate unsolicited, you need to listen a little bit closer. Because they weren't let into a question they're talking about their team. They're talking about positions. And then if they bring up a player, that usually means that player is doing something very impressive that would 
bring up like a defensive back talking about a particular uh, wide receiver. So that's something I always listen to in the spring to see when guys are talking and then all of a sudden out of the blue they'll bring up a name and, and I, you have to go, oh, okay, uh, Oliver Martin must be having a really, really good spring. There's another guy that is, I really want to watch uh, today. I think the backup quarterback job is really interesting because I think people need to be a little concerned about that spot. Um, this is a, you know, it's an important day for Logan Smothers to look good. Uh, I don't know how much, you know, how much live activity quarterbacks will have on the spring game. You know, Ohio State's not doing any tackling today. Uh, I wouldn't want Martinez getting hit in a spring game, but, you know, Smothers hasn't played in an organized football game in a long time. You'd like him to be live. I think what has surprised them, guys, is Harburg. I think they knew what they had in Harburg in a big boy arm, but I think they are very impressed by his football IQ and how he's been able to, to get down the offense enough that he doesn't look completely lost in the spring. And that's kind of, that's kind of thrown into the mix of, wow, it's not a foregone conclusion that Logan Smothers is running away with the quarterback two job. We might actually have a competition. But what has to happen is those guys, include Masker, they have to be consistently good because I think Martinez has made strides. But, boy, if you go into this season and you still are kind of unsure about the backup and that just forces your hand to go find another body in a transfer portal or a junior college, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think that's important in the spring game to see those backup quarterbacks have success and be able to throw the ball where you could at least say, oh, okay, if they're pressed into a game, at least they're not going to be you know, a complete mess. Sharpie, uh, we'll end it with some baseball thoughts. Uh, a little dicey for a bit last night, and then another five-run uh, crooked number seventh for Nebraska. Uh, important to get a uh, win. Uh, obviously take two out of three, best case you sweep, but uh, with Nebraska baseball, w- what a weird spot for them to be in last night. And I guess it's it's still kind of COVID 2020, 2021, but I mean, we're talking uh, nobody there. It's cold, it's dreary, it's Happy Valley, right? <laughs> they don't play that it's well. It's and, a terrible camera angle. Right. I mean, it looks like uh, Will Bolt, uh, you know, era footage pre-HD, and Nebraska found a way to get it done. I I was impressed. You know, we were kind of bumping around last night. We're listening to it, went and got some food with some friends, and then, oh, bang, they they scored a ton. They're going to kind of walk away with this thing, and and they did. But they – I, I guess the best way to put it is they continue to surprise, even though they're they they are really good. I think this is a good baseball team. Well, they haven't uh, dropped games where you go, oh, they're winning series, which is important, and they're finding ways to win, and especially late game. And you know that was one of those games last night where they were playing well and they had opportunities to open up the game, uh, but they just couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. But their pitching was keeping them in a game. And then they took advantage of some wildness by Penn State and were able to open up the game and, and cruise to a nice win. I think that's just kind of how they are. They're gritty. They hang around. They fight you for nine innings. And if you're not in it to win it for nine innings and you're playing Nebraska, you're going to be very surprised. And they are, you know, every day, I don't know that they surprise me. I think that's just who they are. They're gritty. They play hard. They play smart. And they're going to find a way, and they're going to play all nine innings in. You know, when one area of their team isn't playing well, like last night not hitting with runners in scoring position, leaving guys in key opportunities on base, they still have the pitching going. So the game doesn't get sideways on them. They're a good team. I don't know that they're a great team, 
but they're in first place in the Big Ten, and right now, if you sit there for a while, you might host a regional. Who knows? I know, you know, the NCAA likes storylines, and I see a lot of the mock uh, brackets, um, you know, five, six weeks out. Mm-hmm. Nebraska is the number two seed going to Fayetteville. Wouldn't you like to have Will Bold against Dave Van Horn? I think that'd be awesome. I don't know. That, no, not yet. I mean, no. <laughs> well, I mean, Arkansas and Elijah, you just saw him last weekend. You just saw Arkansas miss, but... I, I know the matchup would suck, but the storyline and the uh, the lineage would be incredible. I mean, Will and, 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 and Dave would not like it because they care about one another, but, man, um, I, uh, we'd all eat it up. <laughs> It'd be cool. Well, I think first, first and foremost, we would eat it up because Nebraska is back in a regional mm-hmm. and as a number two seed playing a conference-only schedule. But, yeah, going down to uh, Bomb Stadium to take on the Razorbacks to try and get to a super <laughs> – not so much. <laughs> Not at all. Sharpie, we will see you a little bit later today, bud. Have a good uh, good rest of your weekend. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for letting me come on and talk about practice. No, I love it, yeah. man. Yeah, hey, be on the lookout for Omar Manning's calves, see, by the way. Cranax made request. Do I have time here? Well, quick one. I, I, either one of you, quick, uh, quick response. What should Omar Manning be? He should be your co-number one wide receiver. I mean, he should be a big-time threat playmaker. Calf model. <laughs> See you guys later today. Crane right. <laughs> uh, secret thing doesn't work out. Do you want bl- do you want black and white artsy photo or do you want like just beautiful bang wow full color pop photo? It, it, his calves overcome all filters, so okay. it doesn't matter. Crane stay weird. We love you. We'll talk to you <laughs> next weekend. <laughs> That's speed, sir. All right.